man. Okay, I guess welcome. Welcome, you know what? Welcome back to people that have been missing the podcast. I would say it's been since October, but Pride October, I didn't. I wasn't really doing it much either too. I would say prime years of the podcast were 19, 20, 21. Um, so yeah, so if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. I know some people messaged me the other day and said they were pumped about it. Um, it is, it is a silly goose time, but it's also a serious time on here. <clears throat> and, uh, I have so much water in front of me right now, by the way, because there's going to be a lot of talking. Um, and it will probably go over an hour. Um, if you're new to the podcast, normally they're an hour, normally it's an hour story and what I've, what I've taken from it. Um, that's the whole, I guess, point of the podcast is I always feel like I have these stories that. And not just me, everybody, everybody has a story in their life that you can look back on and they're all, um, they're all learning lessons. They're all things you can use to go forward with. That's the beauty part of getting older. I know I make jokes that like, I'm older now. I mean, although someone the other day said I look 32, so that was pretty fucking incredible. And then a drunk woman at OB on Sunday told me I looked 30. When I told her I was 38, she was like, you look so good for, for 38. And I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she was hitting on me, but I just kind of ended the conversation and just like, turned around. um, so I don't know if she was lying just to, just to start the conversation. Fuck. I'm already sidetracked. See, this is what you guys are getting yourselves into. Um, what the hell was I saying? Oh, getting older. Um, that's why I love getting older. You have this, that of knowledge and expertise, not even expertise, but experience in things that are sometimes easy, sometimes hard. Um, and, and as you get older, you're just better equipped to deal with things. Um, and the whole point of the podcast was, okay, here's a story about my grandfather. This is how it pertains today. This is the story about a friendship. This is the story about a loss. This is the story about me doing a hot body contest. Somehow I was able to turn that into something that relates to my life today. And I'm constantly doing that. Now, I know a lot of people don't. I have a lot of friends that don't like to go deep. They don't like to think about stuff. That's just who they are. That's half of the world. You got half people who want to go deep, half of them who don't. And that's fine. Um, but this is what I like to do. I like to tell stories. I love to public speak. Um I think I gave one of the better public speeches of my life in March at the uh, Samoset in Down East Maine at Rock, Rockport to the Maine Parks and Recs Conference, which I'll probably talk about in here because it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty important day for me that no one knew about uh, in my, I guess, recovery slash journey uh, over the last eight months, eight and a half, well, nine months, well, eight and a half months now, September would be, would be nine. Um, but look, I'm going to say this disclaimer right now. If you're listening to this podcast and, uh, you had the expectation I was going to get on here and like, um, cuss people from my past or give juicy details, that ain't the podcast. That's trashy as fuck. And I would never do that. Um, I'm a firm believer in, in time telling a story and, doing things the right way. Why? I wanted to do this. This is simply 
Um, and again, another disclaimer. I'm I'm a very dumb person, so nothing I say here today is going to be anything that should be taken as like literal advice. Um, I think I used literal in the correct way. I figured it doesn't matter. Um, it shouldn't be taken as advice. Um, it is simply what I did, and it seemed to work and to kickstart um, the process of recovery. Because um, I can honestly say, without a shadow of a doubt, I um, it was the worst shape I've ever been in mentally and physically in my entire life. Um, I thought I had been there before. I was not there before. I was, excuse me, I was there before, but this was this was different. Um, so yeah, so you know what? Let's just fucking get into this. So this is going to be three parts. Because um, I just feel like, that, I mean, I think if you're listening to this, you kind of know um, things that have happened to me or, and again, this that sounds so fucking stupid. Hey guys, by, by the way, not Justin Bieber. No one gives a fuck what I'm doing. I mean like friends, like friends will know. Um, some good life events, some bad life events, but they're all connected. And um, I want to get this out of the way because if you listen to past episodes, a lot of the things I reference on that are no longer there. Um, but I'm still here. So before I get into like the silly goose time stuff, which the next episode is going to be more talking about the fun things I did this summer and a, a, a really good lesson I learned. Um, that's like the next episode, which again, another disclaimer, your boy shoots for every week. Now, sometimes, especially today, um, you know, this podcast is going to, this podcast is a day later already because your boy, it's 90 degrees out. And everybody who knows me knows I'm, I'm going to be on a kayak somewhere fishing. Not going to be at a bar. I'm not going to be in the old port. Um, not going to be anywhere. I'm going to be either by myself or fishing with someone who I don't want to strangle if they talk too much. So that's where I'm going to be. And then once the winter time comes, they'll be on, they'll be on time because as everybody knows your boy also hates fucking winter. And it is a prime time goal of mine to not be depressed this way, <laughs> to travel more and just do things that uh, I normally wouldn't do. So with that being said, let me, uh, let me jump right in here. I'm drinking so much water because for some strange reason, well, I got to talk a lot, but also it's like 90 degrees in Maine today. It's like September 5th. I don't even know. Okay. So, um, so probably starting in October of 22 to New Year's Day of 23 was probably the most life-changing two and a half month window of my life. And... Prior to that, um, I had been through a lot. Some things public because of what I do for work with um, suicidal thoughts, mental health. Um, you know, I lost my grandfather. That really took a toll on me. That is really a big fixture and part of my life. I lost my grandmother and my best friend from college all in, you know, span of a year and a half. Um, so there was a lot of things that I had already gone through that I was like, man, I, I don't know if I can get any lower than those points, any lower than that. Um, and there were things that happened privately, too, that nobody knows about that were very, very stressful to me um, and things that were very tough that I got through. Um, but this was really different. Um, this was 
I think I saw someone say it the other day. You know, social media is a pile of shit. But I'll tell you what, um, which I'll also touch on way later today. Um, sometimes, man, there's some reels that I'm flipping through at night, you know, doom scrolling. And there'll be some shit that is said where I'm just like, is this thing in my brain? Um, this woman that was talking about um, like heartbreak and like betrayal heartbreak. And um, she she had this description of like, you're, you're, you're going up to skydive and uh, at the last second, somebody pushes you out without a parachute. And on the way down, uh, you're just seeing them in safety in the plane as you kind of like fall to your, your fucking demise. Super dark way to start the podcast, but that's the best way I can describe it. That is the best way I can describe it. So yeah. starting in October, um, I experienced a death. Um, that was very, very hard and hard for, hard for other people as well, too. Um, wasn't, wasn't directly my family, but it felt that way. Um, and then in late November, uh, I had been having some issues with uh with my neck it felt weird it looked weird um it was like it just felt off so of course for a month you're going to be terrified until you find out what's wrong with your neck because you know basically if you google any symptom on the internet you got about two hours to live <laughs> so that was really stressful and you know in november it might have been early december uh, i was told that i had degenerative disc disease in my neck um, which was tough because if any of you guys know me or know of me or you follow me, you know that I'm very active. I was going to say fit. I'm not fit anymore. Um, I'm very active. I'm an ex-college football player, um, decently high-level athlete. I've always enjoyed that aspect of my life um, and doing wild shit and trying to just be as athletic as possible. So for me, uh, when it's something as, as serious as your neck, you're, you're, you're kind of, for me, it took me back. Cause I was just like, man, like, am I going to be able to live a good life? Am I going to be able to move around? Am I going to be able to do the things I used to do or want to do? And, and how do you, how, how do you approach that? It was, it was so stressful. I mean, my blood pressure was, insanely high at that time i was just so um upset about that and you know losing someone um and then uh you know uh <laughs> um i have to be uh careful with words uh heartbreak occurred unexpected heartbreak and like I said, I'm not going to tell anybody what they should do in this situation. I'm just going to tell you what I did. And it worked for me. Because prior to this, through eight years, I had seen a lot of people go through breakups. Um, and sometimes you watch them and they... Sometimes people share too much. And sometimes people like post as if... No one's looking at it, but it's like personal shit. And like, I just didn't, 
I didn't want to do that. And I remember the minute it set in, I thought I'm going to become a ghost because I need to. Um, I think the most helpful thing you can do in that situation is to remove yourself from looking at anything or posting anything. You need to be with your thoughts and do the things that I'm about to say. At least this is what I did. Um, and on top of that too, I didn't feel like I had anything to say. Um, social media is a new thing. If you're listening to this and you're 25, you don't know a world without sharing what you're doing. Um, prior to like 2009, and if, even if you go back to 2000, people just lived their lives. <laughs> Not everybody knew your shit. So I always kept that in the back of my mind where I was like, you know, what if I just, you know, and this is coming from somebody who uses social media all the time for work. And thoroughly enjoys being a goofball in his own personal shit. I mean, if you, you know that about me, like, you know that I love doing that shit. But the one thing I couldn't do was fake it. I could not fake that I was okay. I could not fake that things were good. Some people do that. Some people, that's like how they cope. Um, I just know that I couldn't do that. And being completely transparent, um, this was the worst state of mind I have ever been in, I think, in my entire life. Some people know, some people don't know, but now everybody knows. Uh, it's the closest to not wanting to be around anymore that I've felt ever in my life, hands down. Um, sadness with anger, with confusion, with all of the things, um, seconds felt like days, minutes felt like weeks, weeks felt like an eternity. Um, literally that, what's that fucking song by Nick D Google, how to, he's talking about Googling how to get down your heart rate. That was me. My heart was just constantly, constantly thumping. Um, but you know what? It's the weirdest thing because the first thing I did was I started like Googling and I was like, I think you should fucking Google, you know, like how to deal with X, Y, Z. Right. And, um, I, I didn't plan for this to happen, but I'm not much of a reader, believe it or not. I know you guys, you look at me and you immediately go, that guy reads two bucks a, a month. No, I don't. But um, I just started buying books on Amazon. I just was like, and I'll, I'll list them at the end. Um, I started reading. And I started realizing, and this is the part that nobody wants to hear, is... Breakups and the way the breakup happens, none of it's unique. There might be somebody out there who has a unique breakup where like, you know, they fight off like a pack of like wild grizzly bears or something like that. And like, and then at the end of it, you know, they break up. <laughs> no matter what you think, 
everything that's ever happened has already happened. Truly. And but I, me, and this is this is part of my ego, I thought what had happened to me was unique. Those string of events. It, it it's it's not it's not unique. Um and when you sit there and you read books that are literally researched and scientific, there is science behind the, the science of relationships, which is sobering. Uh, sometimes you do not want to read certain things. And sometimes, too, you get overwhelmed because you go, holy fucking shit. I thought this was just two people love each other and that's that. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no. You, uh, you have to work at it. You have to identify things. I think what got me in trouble was I always just thought that love was enough and uh, not identifying things early on is literally now there are so many, so many books and podcasts and you have to be careful because there's a lot of shit out there. A lot of shit. I went through probably 10 books that I had to stop halfway through because it was clearly written by like a scorned person and it was just, it, you could literally hear them screaming through the words. It's just like, okay, this is not like, it's like I need to read ones that are, that are done by doctors who are like independent third parties who are just writing about the science of things, not someone who's still grieving or emotional. So you got to be careful that you're not just buying books that are telling you what you want to hear. Um, so yeah, so I'll talk about those more at the end, but books was a big thing for me. I read, I think, 18 books from January to May. And I have a couple more that I just recently picked up. Um, or a gift somebody gave me too. <clears throat> so read. You have to understand that. And again, I keep, I'm going to say this a bunch. I'm going to keep apologizing for this. Um, when I say you, I'm just saying like me. You don't need to do anything. I'm just saying what helped me. And I'll list the books at the end. Therapy. Um, took a, about a month to find a therapist I liked. Um, but I can go on record and say, if you are not in therapy, you need to be. Even if nothing is quote unquote bad happening or you're going through something, to have, again, a non-partial um, opinion feedback, criticism, insight for what you're going through is, man, it is the, the greatest, the greatest tool that you could ever, you could ever have. Because like I said, and if you've listened to this podcast before, you've heard me talk about, I always like to audit myself, audit myself, because I never want to go back to how I used to be. I never want to go back to thinking I have all the answers because I fucking don't. Um, but sometimes that isn't enough. You need to be audited sometimes by somebody who does not know who you are. In this state, it's very hard. In this state, everybody knows everybody. And like it or not, um, for myself, I appreciate it. But I've realized recently that there are more people that knew, know me now than did in 2019 when I started doing this. So this person doesn't give a fuck about what I do for a living. This person doesn't know me know people I've been with, um, know my friend group, know anything. Um, so therapy, I was just talking about it today with a friend, um, highly beneficial. Now, sometimes a lot of people who need therapy are not in therapy, and I can't believe that I ended up there. 
But I will tell you this. Um, once a week, I talk to this person and it is like an anchor, like it settles me and there's no judgment and it 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 really it really was the best thing. If you can afford therapy, do that. It is again, even if you look at your life and you go, man, things are going great. And I'm sure that like a year from now or two years from now, when I still don't have bad days, I will still do it because it's just like, there's always going to be something. There's always going to be whatever. You're always going to have a fear. You're always going to have whatever. And what it has done for me has been immense. So first two things, uh, reading and therapy. And man, you, you <laughs> the, all this started happening, you know, probably at the end of January. Um, and again, I, I've said this before to other people. I, I don't recall much of January and February. Really, anything in March either, too. <laughs> Which I'll get into in a second. Um, but I know that I read. And I know that I, you know. A lot of changes were happening that I never thought were going to happen. And it was, it was a lot. Um, but the reading and knowing, knowing that your situation is not unique, especially when it comes to like the books I read, there's science behind this thing that we call a relationship. And the farther distance you put distance between the event and time, <laughs> Uh, that mixed with an education on the science behind relationships is, is what helps. Then on top of that too, if you can sit there with a therapist and be like, this is how I'm feeling, you know, like this is, you know, this, you know, and, and they're not, they're never going to tell you why that's the beauty part of therapy. They're not going to give you an answer. You give yourself the answer when you're just sitting there talking and then they ask you to, to listen to what you're saying. The answers are there. Some people don't want to face those answers and some people do. And luckily for me, those, those first two things really helped back to the social media thing. Um, so I stayed off social media probably from New Year's day to the end of May, almost June 1st. So again, to a normal person who's like, was born in the seventies, they're like, Whatever, dude, who gives a fuck? <laughs> and even to me, I'm like, man, that's not even impressive. Like, but you have to understand, like, I I grew up on social media and like I run my business to it. So it's like I just knew that nothing good was gonna come up at looking at things. Um and staying focused and trying to get through what I was going through. And I don't know if this was like Another part, I mean, yeah, I'll recommend this. Um, so a lot of people too, I think they try to get past, they're looking in the future of, I can't wait till I feel better. Can't wait till I, I, I get over X or I get over X. Um, and I thought like that initially, but then I was having dinner with somebody and 
it was a friend, but he had a friend there. And uh, he, I told, you know, I was telling him like what had happened to me. And he goes, you don't know this yet, but one day you were going to look back at this time and you're going to miss it. And I laughed out loud. I was like, bro, a hundred percent not going to miss this, this pain and agony. He goes, no, you will. He goes, you are as free as you've ever been. You can do anything you want. You can go anywhere you want. You're, you're shaping who you are through this pain and through this heartbreak. And I was like, I don't know, man. And as he kept going, he kept being more convincing. And I was like, fuck, maybe he's right. <laughs> and um, I remember leaving there and being like, I'm going to keep recording. And what I mean by that is I started recording um, everything I thought was important. Uh recording sad moments moments where something really good happened places i went people i was with um because i wanted to to be able to look back and see how far i had come and i ended up recording for six months uh everything right on my phone and i just titled it something in my in an album and put them all there and put them in a cloud and um, I would highly recommend doing that. Um, because in the, the moment, some of these videos where I'm talking or I'm leaving my house for the last time <laughs> or saying goodbye to this or saying goodbye to that or recording how I feel about something. First off, looked like shit. Absolutely looked terrible. But uh, the thing that stuck out to me was man, I remember how bad I felt in that moment. And I don't feel that way now. And just being able to look at this, such a crucial time in my life. Because two things were going to happen when all of this happened. Two things. I was either going to cease to exist and let the sadness kill me, or I was going to rise. And I wanted to rise. <laughs> Sometimes I didn't feel like I was. But I wanted to. Um, so, yeah. So, those are the things. Therapy, reading, writing, recording everything, um, getting off social media, um, sitting with your thoughts. A lot of people do not want to sit with their thoughts. A lot of people do not want to open that door in their brain. Um, I used to be that way. I'm just not built that way anymore. Haven't been for a while. Um, and man, I don't know if any of you guys out there have been through like what I'm describing, but sitting with your thoughts in that moment and trying to parse through in your brain, a new reality is the craziest thing I've ever done in my life. I mean, I don't crazy, but, but so happy I did it because, um, I feel like if you avoid that, you end up becoming a bitter old person. You know, you're 60 years old and you never address something. That's, I don't want to be that person. I, I just don't. Um, 
so yeah so i'm gonna give you some book recommendations because these are ones that i really liked really 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 liked and these are the ones that made me think like oh shit this is i'm not unique um or this situation is not unique so here are uh my book recommendations let me get my computer hold on um hold on baby let me go ba, ba, ba. Okay, had them all bookmarked. Okay, so the first one, uh, first one I bought, actually, uh, Attached. Um, Amir Levine, Rachel Heller. Uh, I'd heard a lot of good things about this, and this is when I really started realizing that there's, like, a ton to relationships because whether you know it or not, you have an attachment style, meaning how you are attached to your person. Um, whether you're anxious attached... Um, you're an avoidant, you're an extreme avoidant, uh, and how those, how those styles interact. Um, then there's a lot that are not going to work well together. Um, but that also ties into the attachment feeling is all tied into how you were raised, your childhood, your parents' relationship you have with your parents or your friends or whatever. It's all, all of this stuff is supremely connected, which is insane. Uh, and it's also, connected to love languages, which I did not know existed either. Oh my fucking God. I just had a moment where I literally just said those words the last 60 seconds. I never thought I'd say on a podcast, your boy has been to college for this kind of stuff, guys. And to some people, this is highly attractive to know this stuff to other people. They don't want to talk about shit. And that's literally what I've learned through this. So First one would be attached. Attached is an amazing uh, read. Uh, it's it's more like a fucking I don't know like a, a reference book too. I mean like I read it. I think I read it twice. Underlined it a bunch of times. Uh, and it's just I'll go back and look to make sure I'm remembering something right. Um, but that's definitely something that going forward in my life I will be hyper aware of. Not too aware, but hyper <laughs> I guess aware of person's attachment style because i know how i am because of how i was raised and i know exactly who and what to avoid now so that's the first one attached you can get that on amazon i think it's 12 bucks um next one the next one that i really liked obviously oh yeah i just said it the um five love languages guess which ones i am baby words of affirmation and physical touch <laughs> Um, so that what love language means is to some people, love is just slamming slam. I, you know what? I, what am I talking about? I don't know why I'm using PG language. I'm assuming that like people are going to listen to this who never do. I fucking cuss on this podcast. Okay. But I also want to be respectful. I don't want to. <laughs> so some people think that a ton of sex is a love language that proves that that person loves you. Other people. Um, just like a nice compliment or um, affirming how they feel about you. And the reason why I'm that way has to do with my childhood. It's all connected. Um, or things that I may have been missing from my childhood. Full disclosure, I had a great relationship with my mother and my sister. Single mom, around women all the time. Uh, so I'm in touch with that side. But uh, as many of you know, I mean, there was no father figure until I was, you know, 16 or 17. And I, I 
I think subconsciously yearning for um, approval from a parent, you know, a figure like that uh, kind of made me how I am now. Actually, I know it's how it made me. So um, the five love languages and knowing your love languages is big. And from what I'm told, the right, when the right person comes along, you can have these discussions and they'll be happy that you know this stuff. Just what I've heard, my babies. <clears throat> All right, next one. I'm going to give a few more just because I want to move on to the next part. Um, all right. This one was a wild card for me. I didn't think it was going to be good because I t I'm like I, t like I touched on before. Um, man, sometimes you buy these books and it's like, holy shit, how did this get published? Because uh, <laughs> it's just, it is clearly written about a specific person and it's just like, it's very, yeah, there's a lot. It, or sometimes it's too much what you're looking for. And you're like, man, I can't just read what I'm looking for. I can't just underline it, post it to my Instagram story and pretend like it was written for me. That's not how it works. Um, but the one that I really enjoyed was forgiving what you can't forget. That is by Lissa Turkurst. Turkurst. I always fuck up her last name. Um, Cause a big thing, a big thing in this journey for me has been learning to forgive the person that hurt me and myself because i could tell you this um the weight of carrying a burden of of hating someone or being mad at yourself is like two tons parked on your shoulders and your neck that's what it felt like it felt like an unbearable weight that i needed to shed but you you can't rush that stuff. It has to be, it has to be right. And you have to actually mean it when you inside forgive that person and forgive yourself. Actually, you know what a turning point was for me? This is so fucking funny because I was watching, I was watching, um, uh, la, 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 what was it? The untold on Netflix. Netflix is a pile of shit, by the way. I'm going to rant about that at some other point, but they have these little sports docs, right? And usually like an hour, you know, if it's like a non-interesting person, but they had one about Manti Teo, which is this, you know, fucking handsome ass dude, like handsome as shit, dude, a guy from Hawaii and he played football in Notre Dame. Then he went to the NFL, had a good NFL career, X, Y, Z, but it's about how he was like the first notable person who was ever catfished. You guys have to know what I'm talking about. Um, and we were watching it and what was so fucking funny about it was the two guys I was watching it with uh hated it they were so upset and, and rightfully so it's a horrible thing that happened to this guy like if you watch this doc even the way like um they talked about it in the media they were just like shitting on this guy and it's like dude, fuck this is like early 2010 like it's not like now where it's so obvious when someone's being catfished like this was like very well thought out in depth and they were just like god like the guy lost draft stock because of it. Like there was all this controversy about it that he had made it up. It's like, oh yeah, I'm sure he would love to just make that up. Anyway, I wanted to keep watching the fucking thing. The guys I was with was like, I can't do another episode. This is, this is so depressing. This is so dark. It, it was, <laughs> but they, at the very, very end, I'll tell you what, I might even get teared up now. At the very end, they start playing the song, which I then later found and listen to a lot 
It's a beautiful song. And he fucking goes into this speech. Now, I'm not, I wish I could give a speech like this. And maybe sometimes, or in the future, I will. He gives like this two-minute monologue about forgiveness. A guy that does not need to forgive this person, who basically mm, kind of ruined his life. You have to watch it to know what I mean. Um, and man, he, he talks about he can't carry that weight. He can't carry that weight. It's not fair to a kid that comes up to him and asks him for an autograph. It's not fair to the hundreds of thousands of people that love him, that support him. It's not fair to his family, his friends. He can't be that person. And all he wants to do is wish the person who hurt him uh, best and, and, and hope nothing but the best for them. And I fucking sat there and I had to like turn my face away, guys. I wrote to a friend and I was like, have you ever seen this scene? And the person knew who I was talking about. Um, because I went and then I found it on YouTube. It's so good. It's on YouTube. And like, I was like, Oh, I want what that guy has. I want to say that and mean it. And thankfully I did. I, I got to that point, but it takes fucking time. Um, but yeah, so that's and that book helped so like as soon as i saw that i bought the book it said a lot of the same stuff it, it's forgiveness is for yourself and for the other person you have to forgive yourself for what happened you know because you can look back especially when you start therapy and you can go man why didn't why didn't i do this or like why did i do this or like why did why did this you know da, da, da. you're feeling bad for yourself you need to forgive yourself in order to move on. That book is a great one for it. Um, and I would highly implore to watch that scene. <laughs> the end of fucking Untold. Uh, I guess maybe it hits different if you've been through some shit. Or the similar thing. But that shit got me. That shit got me like. Again, I've said this a million times in this podcast. I am not. It's weird, man. I, I, I don't cry a lot. And it's not for lack of wanting not to cry i'd love to be a crier and it's not for any type of as you can probably tell i have no machismo i have no like big dude attitude where i'm like i don't fucking cry i'll cry if i need to fucking cry but i can't plan it and sometimes something hits me and it's just like my face opens up and it's just i just something lets me and there have been multiple times over the last six seven months where that's happened but that was sobering to say the least uh there was another time when a zach bryan lyric hit me a certain way and i'd like excuse myself into the bathroom um so yeah so i'll give you one more book title and then we'll we'll kind of talk about how everything relates because it all relates um no that was it you know what fuck that i'm not gonna this isn't a book club okay i'm giving you a couple of books these are the ones that meant the most to me and um and yeah, so if you tuned in because you wanted to hear some wild shit, this ain't the podcast. Uh, it's me talking about love languages, attachment styles, going to therapy, recording everything, writing everything down, and getting off social media. All things I think I put in that post when I first came back on. You don't have to do this. You don't have to. But... There's a line from American Gangster, which is was such a letdown. And it was always my go-to movie in college for date nights. But 
what is the sign? The line he said, the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. I could tell you that for sure because I used to be the loudest one in the room. I wanted to be the most quiet one in the room and not do a fucking thing for six months. I was doing things, but they were quiet. They were in private. Um, then that's when you really find out who your friends are. People in your life who either say they're there and then they're not there. And keep a tally in your head. Now, don't be vindictive. If some of these people who didn't reach out to me said hi to me in public, I'd say hi back. I would never sit next to them at a bar. I would never be seen with them. I once, once you see how people react to you when the chips are down, keep a mental note. Um, that's the best piece of advice I can give. The most, one of the most beautiful things through all of this was seeing who really was there and not going to say any names because every single one of these motherfuckers knows um, what that meant to me. And I have told them all privately. And uh, it's a, it's an honor to know that people feel that way about you and vice versa. Cause I would do the exact same um, for them, but keep a note, keep a mental note of who's there when things are good and who's there when things are bad and who's only there when things are easy peasy. Keep that mental note. So, I'm going to move to the second part. Because this is where life gets weird. So, I don't believe, I don't believe in like a God like how most people do. Um, I have no problem with religion. Just don't convince me to try to believe what you believe. Believe what you want. I don't believe that there's like one singular God who snapped his fingers and like created space. Um, but I do, I do believe in something. And this is, I can't believe I'm telling this publicly. <laughs> this is a wild fucking story. So, um, I got home to my old home probably a week after things hit the fan and I was in my driveway and a mess, obviously it looked like I just, I was like an orangutan that just got into a fight with like a zookeeper. Um, that's the weirdest reference I've ever said. Awesome. Anyway, uh, it's January, January 4th or 5th or something like that. And, um, at this point, I think I could get no, no, no lower in life. My world has just been nuked. Um, I'm worried about everything you could possibly imagine. And it's dark and it's snowy and I'm sitting in my driveway and probably crying just as broken as I've ever been. And, uh, my phone lights up and it's a number I don't see. Now, normally you, you don't answer those because, but you know, sometimes it says restricted or spam or whatever the fuck. But, um, I sat there and I stared at it and this is the part that gets really weird. I, Something told me to pick it up. 
I probably would have gotten another shot to pick it up. You get what I'm saying. And I pick it up, and um, it's a woman, and she explains to me uh, that she's with the double L's, and uh, they'd like to uh, set up a time to talk to me. And that call, that call could have come a week before, could have happened a month before, could have happened three months before. Why the fuck did it happen right then? And I got to tell you, that was weird because A, don't know how they got my number. B, timing of it. C, as a kid who grew up in Smithfield, Maine, where I had the backpack, I had the shirts, it's just a marquee brand that you want to be associated with, calls you. It's a lot. And um, the timing of it was odd. But you know what is wild? Man, life doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you need. And in that moment, I needed that. So let me know that I was going to be okay. And I think because of what I was going through, the worst time in my life and saddest time in my life at the same time, the most surreal, happy, excited, excitable time of my life was about to start. And I can't go into too much detail. Legal, legal reasons. Um, but I can tell you for... Five months, I got to work with one of the most respected brands in the entire world, and they wanted you know to have have us in the store, and had good positive things to say, and and it's like fuck, man, like I've been working at this for so long, and it it, it felt like us a, uh, a stamp. Of approval and it felt like all of this time and all of these long hours and physical ailments that now now I have because of how crazy I have worked at this um it was uh it truly saved my life I can say that that with everything else that I've described so far and the coolest part of it was that it became part of the story. It became part of my silence. It became part of a secret that I kept that no one else knew about. Eh, maybe five people know. But no one knew. And every time it got, you know, they called or we spoke, oh, oh, this is it. This is when they say, just kidding. Um, but it never happened. And it only got bigger. And that gave me something to look forward to in my my healing journey. 
it was such a surreal thing, man. Like, I can't, I mean, I don't know what the equivalent would be for a different profession, but for what I do now, it is the only place that I would want to be carried in. I mean, truly, like when you sit down and think about it, where else would we be? Where else would Catalyst be that I'd want to be in that would represent it well, that is so Maine and so us? There is no one. Is mall shopping even a thing? We're not high enough, high end enough to be in like Saks. We're not high, you know, like Target, Walmart. No, Eileen's. Eileen's even still a fucking thing. No, and the experience was beautiful. It, it was truly such an awesome experience to work with all those people. Um, they're incredible. Um, and you know, so when we would go to HQ or go do a door walk. I was filming everything. And you could see at the end of um so video I'll never post, but I went to a gas station around the corner in Freeport. And it was the first time I noticed that my face looked happier. Um I used to go there in 2012 when I was ed teching in Pownell back when I was still having side jobs. And where I was in Pownell um, used to be kind of like in a crappy cell phone service area. So I would have 30 minutes for lunch, 11 to 11.30, just to get to the gas station was like 10 minutes. And when I got there, I got a signal. I would get in my car. I would leave. I would go to the gas station. I would get a signal. I would eat some sort of shitty lunch in the parking lot, and I would do at the time elixir but it was later became catalyst work and i would like fire off some emails and do some social media and then i would like get back in my car and like just make it back in time and they'd be like oh where'd you go and i, and I didn't tell anybody what i was doing uh, like, you're allowed to leave i just everybody would stay and like have a nice lunch and i would get to the store and sit there so after i left i think it might have been the time when we were setting the figuring out where the display was going to go in headquarters in Freeport. Um, I went around and I went to that gas station and I sat there and I actually did cry. Because to me, that's what life's about. I sat there a decade ago and thought, man, I hope this works out and I hope I hope I can do something good and I hope I can make this brand something people love. And, you know, it was, it was happening. And I, I just was, I cannot believe I just left a meeting with X and, and I, I'm sitting here now going through this time, this, this happy moment at the same time as going through hell and, um, that's the first time I saw happiness on my face. And this was April, maybe April, maybe end of March, April, probably. Um, so like I said, it's important to record stuff. And I recorded that moment and um, that would forever be special. So as more time went on, things got closer. Um, the launch day, I remember all I wanted for my birthday was to go to Wyoming with family and friends. And I did. And what's wild about it 
is that and I wasn't sure if I was going to be ready. I was off by a week. I thought in Wyoming I was going to uh, forgive and move on. And I needed one more week. Uh, but the crazy part about that was the day I got back from Wyoming, we were set to launch in the LL headquarters, HQ in Freeport, <laughs> um, on May 22nd. And I got in at like four, maybe. Running on like no sleep. I left Montana at like four in the morning, five. I don't know, some shit like that. And uh, at this point, I'm still like, is this really happening? Is this really happening? Um, the the five months of what I went through emotionally and the holy shit, is this really happening is all starting to kind of hit me. And we had asked them if it was okay if we could shoot a video in there to let people know about this because nobody on the CFC page's audience knew that this was happening. Not a single person knew. People had no clue. We kept asking people to guess. They had no idea. So we were able to go into the store with the film crew, Mick, Laidler, uh, King Allen Marketing. If you get an opportunity to use him for anything, use him. Uh, he brought this vision to life um, to a T. Uh, Dylan Owen Music, a guy that I've known of for a decade. He he let us use his music, no questions asked, a decade ago for like our second or third suicide awareness hoodie. And I've used him every year. He touches on a lot of the same things that we talk about. And there was a song. Um, there was a song that I listened to every day since January when I was going through my shit, uh, how to move mountains and, um, every single word I was like, yep, yep. That's it. This is it. This is it. And in my head, I remember back in February thinking if this comes to fruition, if we actually launch in this store and this all works out, because you never know. When we do the video, this is the song I want. And this is how I want it to be. So this was thought about months in advance. The way the video came out, if you've seen the video, was something that was in my head for four months. Everything. It was the first time I was going to post in six months. And no one knew. And... The metaphor, the metaphor of that, what people don't know is that walk that's in that video. It lasts for a minute because it's trying to give you the impression that it's been a long road for the business and for me personally. And I was finally able to smile again. And that's wanted to do a better smile, but every time I started to smile, I would start to tear up. But that's what you see in that video. Um, and it was, it was amazing. Um, we shot that from midnight to 2 a.m. in L.O. Bean headquarters. And uh, I went home and got into bed and I was just like, 
because now I got to wait like a week to announce this because we have to edit the video and all that stuff. And um, the first time I walked up to the display, I had to excuse, I had to excuse myself because I don't think people understand unless it's your like your your lane of business you know um i don't know what the equivalent would be for other businesses but for what i do i started in 2008 with the worst fucking t-shirts you've ever seen i told my mom the crazy idea in a hot tub before my last semester and for some strange reason she said you should do it and then through the years up until may 30th or june 1st or whatever it was of 2023 i was able to say mom it took longer than expected but i finally did something worthwhile and i know that's stupid to say there, everything's been worthwhile we've done but that was a thing where i was like fuck we're the first clothing company from maine to be an llb and like that's it just felt i was very very proud and um i actually was gonna wear <laughs> I was actually going to wear my grandfather's coat in the video, but it's so funny because when I went in there, I started panicking because when I got it under those lights of the store, there was a ton of stains all over. It was way smaller than I thought it was going to be. So I panicked and went and bought an L.L. Bean coat uh, that ended up being one of my favorite like bomber coats. Um, and um, yeah, that is a time and a moment I will never forget. The first time I saw that. And um What's wild is like, as I'm saying all this stuff, I had it written down in my notes. I, I don't know if you could write a better story. Like the timing of that mixed with the timing of me forgiving and the work and the months that had gone by of silence um, for me to be able to do that. It felt like... Um, felt like I had completed one step of the journey. Um, and we uh, launched that video and made the announcement. And um, it was wild. I actually didn't look at my phone for two days. It was like nothing I've ever experienced. Uh, the love and happiness and feedback we got from that was like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. And I will never forget that day and those times and the first time I brought my mom in to LL Bean to see it and to see her reaction um, was uh, was incredible. Uh, it's something I'll truly never forget. And um, I think that's what I needed. I think the final piece of my recovery was to know that I had done the work know that I had done things the right way. I had put in the work. I had read. I filmed everything. I had, I had looked inward, looked outward, checked myself, therapy. And to have that moment was kind of like the deep breath. And it was, okay, I'm, we're going to be good. I'm going to be good. It's not over yet. I still have bad days. Uh, but I'm no longer angry. I'm no longer sad. Um, I'm educated. I am 
I'm grateful. I have perspective. And um, all of those things playing together really helped. So, again, that could have happened a year ago. It could have happened three months before. It happened when it happened, and I don't know what that means. Could be coincidence. I don't fucking know. Uh, but I, I do feel like there's something. There's something that we don't know yet that's definitely not written in a Bible anywhere um, that is out there that is going to guide you home. And uh, what you put in will come back to you. And that is just simply what I what I discovered. So if you were ever interested about the meaning of that video, right, it's pretty self-explanatory. But the other side of it is uh, the song that was in it was my my song that got me through everything. And uh, the reaction you see in that is very real. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't even know how long this has been. I thought it would be longer. I don't fucking know. Um, so, what have I learned? I've learned um, that anything and anything worth having is work. Relationships, business, friendships. As you get older, you realize that there are two types of people in the world. People who talk and people who do. People who will say they'll be there. Friendships, relationships, business stuff. And people who are absolutely fucking there. The sad part about growing up, and it's the only sad part, is knowing that you're going to lose a lot of people. And people sometimes are not going to show up. People are going to hurt you. People are going to say, shit, business deals are going to fall through, whatever it might be. But the silver lining is, is that the people who are there will always be there. And each time something happens, you have a choice. Um, you can let it kill you, like it almost did to me. Or you can proactively work on it and rise and give yourself space and time and distance from things. Um, nobody's perfect. Like, I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect. I'm not. I've up a lot of times in my life. The only difference between me and other people or me 15 years ago is I'm fully prepared to own everything. And if I fuck up, I will tell you, and I will truly mean I'm sorry. Um, but in life, there are people who will do that and people who won't. And it's on you to better identify those people earlier because life's a risk, man. People always talk about risk management and, you know, this whole thing now is social media with, 10 signs he's a red flag or she's a red flag. It's like, yeah, some of that shit's valid. But at the end of the day, like, everything's going to be a risk. It's just trying to decipher who is going to be there when you are flat on your face. That's really all it is. That's it. Business, relationships, friendships. That's all it is. Um, 
And it's okay to have people who are just acquaintances. And I mean, people who you know that you wouldn't call if you needed it. That's okay. But you want people who are going to want to call you on your shit. You want people who are going to want to listen and listen, not just wait for their turn to talk. Um, so I had that for sure. I also had therapy too. And she's great. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't, I would also say too, don't rush the process. I was talking to someone the other day who went through a similar situation and, um, she was talking about just wants it, wanted to be over. You want, and that's all I wanted. I remember saying that too. I wanted the feeling to go away. I just couldn't wait till I felt better. You cannot rush it. I thought, I actually thought it would take longer. I didn't think it would be quick. It took me about six and a half, seven months for it, the, the thing to turn a little bit and to see it with not rose colored glasses on. Um, so I think this was one of the final things I needed in my life to be completely broken to my core and to learn how to deal with adversity and a good thing, great things happening. Some other things I can't talk about yet at the same time. I think I needed that because I truly feel like there's really not much else I could think of, uh, that would drive me deeper than that. It puts you in a, in a state of calm where you're very comfortable just telling someone, I don't think this is going to work out. Or you're very comfortable saying like, this is a red flag for me. Or you're saying, I don't want to do that business deal. Or I don't, no offense, don't want to do that. It helps you be more succinct and clear. A lot of people struggle with that. Um, so it's good. It's good in many, many ways, if you let it be good. <clears throat> so, again, I'm not anybody special. I don't, you know, I'm not fucking sexy red. What's her name? It's sexy red. What? Is that a thing now? Like, are we just going backwards with names of rappers? Like, what was the other one? Is it sexy red? Ice Spice? What the fuck is happening? Why are people named... Uh, I guess they just have classic names like Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? Um, but no, so that's, that is, I'm not any of those people. I'm not important, nor do I think I am. But before I got back into the way this podcast usually is, I needed to kind of talk about what got me through. You don't need to do what I did, but what I did helped and really helped me um those books if you need links for those books uh message me whatever it might be um if you want my therapist number message me um but yeah that's what got me through and i also kind of wanted to talk about how the double l's and all of this coincided um and what that meant to me, because I don't think I've really kind of talked about that yet because it's just something I, I just, it was great. It was great. It still is great. Um, but it had such a profound, helpful effect on me and the timing of it. Very odd. But, uh, 
I can say that in one of the darkest times of my life, I got one of the happiest things in my life, uh, proudest things in my life. So, um, life update now. Uh, I'm probably going to save it for another episode. Uh, the world I find myself in now is very strange. Um, being a single person in 2023 is very odd. Very, very odd. Um, and there's a lot of things that I've observed in this time and it's, uh, it's something, uh, I mean, I've never been dropped into a war zone, like, you know, like a world war two scenario, thank God. Uh, but I can imagine might be similar. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that'll be a different episode. Um, but definitely being dropped into new experiences, new people. Um, it's been a very eye-opening experience. Um, kind of re reshifting your brain into a different life. Um, is very odd, I will say. Uh, but that will be a different time. Cause I think the story for another time is what I usually say. Um, I think I'll get to that another time. But for today, I just want to talk about what helped me and these beautiful moments now that feel like dreams of watching a sunset in Wyoming with my friends, being in a hot tub with friends, looking up at a Montana sky, um, you know, um, Jesus Christ, uh, walking into L.L. Bean for the first time. I just stuff. Yeah, stuff that I can't really describe well enough to talk about, but just things that just happened that I recorded that um, will be implanted in my brain for the rest of my life. Um, so, yeah. So, I guess the moral of the story of this whole story is that uh, <laughs> when the world falls on your chest and you can't get up again, um, you can definitely still move mountains. Just like the song says. And uh, take time. Reach out if you need something. Uh, I'm a resource. I always tell people to reach out if they need something. And I always try my best. Um, and, uh, you know, if you need book links, all that stuff, let me know. Uh, sorry if it wasn't a silly goose time today like some people expected. Um, but I just wanted to say that. I want to say that I want to get make it something that happened and then move on from it. Um, and I think I'm gearing up for the busiest fall of my life. Um, going to Chicago for the first time in a couple of weeks. Um, get ready to do holiday stuff, foliage stuff. Um, all of that. There's so much stuff happening. Uh, I, I would say the only the only negative thing that happened truly uh, over the summer was that your boy. He didn't quite achieve a summer body like he had hoped. It's a nice mirage with a shirt on, um, but that will also be on the menu for the fall and the winter. Um, but I feel a little bit more comfortable with my neck. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. Man, this feels fucking good as hell again. And like always, I'm going to go fishing now. Because it's, it's like 90 degrees out in September. So I'm going to go do that. Um, 
the best way you can support the podcast. Like, subscribe, share it. Uh, we're not too guest heavy. Usually it's a quick, succinct story. And I got about 10 stories that are already set to go episodes. Um, but we're going to have guests come back for sure. We've had guests in the past that have been really well received. Um, so yeah. So if this is your first time listening, fucking welcome. If you're let down by the content, fucking see ya. This is my own personal therapy and uh, it feels good to do this again. It feels good to be able to speak about things that I didn't think I'd be able to speak about. Uh, and I also cannot believe how much I read. Um, God, I fucking hated reading as a kid. Hated reading as a kid. I couldn't even get through The Great Gatsby or uh, Of Mice and Men. You know when they make you read those in high school? I had the hardest fucking time. Um, watch, I watched Great Gatsby with Leo in it. I'd watch that any day. I'd watch anything with Leo in it. Are you kidding me? My God. We're stud. Um, anyway, like, subscribe, support. Uh, thank you uh, for being patient with me. Thank you to the people who were there for me. And thanks for listening. I'll see you back next week. Next, I promise. Promise. We'll be back next week. Uh, I have a couple of um, I have a couple of good episodes lined up, to say the least. Uh, in the meantime, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Uh, hope you got some something out of this today. And uh, I know for me, it was really a uh, nice little nice little thing to get off my chest here. So, hope you guys have a good day. See ya. Yo, hang on, that's police.